Cordell. Yes, Caleb. So now is a point in the show where we usually do a thing that is commonly referred to in the industry as I'm going to start calling this from now on as a cold open where we kind of like prep the listeners a little bit and kind of you know, like get the get the energy get the energy out there yes you have thoroughly described the thing we've done the whole time yeah yeah and i was i was thinking today uh and uh my blood sugar was extremely low when i had this thought so that might it, it's not gonna seem coherent and there might be a reason um I I texted you and I said, I've got the cold open. This is it. This is the cold open. That's it. You you saying you have the cold open and describing what the cold open is, is the cold open. Yes, but here's the irony. I'm in a very hot room, so this is a very hot cold open. <laughs> That's right. It's a hot cold open. Maybe... Uh, t- you don't have the the kids listening on this one. <laughs> you will be personally named in my suicide note. <laughs> Go to the music. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to the Just Super Plot Pitch Hour, where we pitch, pitch, and otherwise pitch superhero plots. No plot is unpitched, and no pitch is unplotted. As you may have noticed, this is not a normal kind of episode. This is what Caleb and I have called a bonus-ode. It's a bonus-ode! And so, here's the dealio. We are recording this way ahead of time because there will come a point in time where Caleb and or Cordell will need a week-long break. And during that week-long break, we can say, oh, quick, throw them a bonus-ode. And we will give you this bonus-ode. You will be listening to this because something is going on in our lives that we just couldn't record. So, congrats, we got busy, and you get new content. Caleb, Tell them what the yeah, plot pitch like, hour is. Huh. Oh, no, you, you never mind. You Whatever you're going to say, man. I don't know. Well, uh, and I was going to say, if you listen to this, uh, if you listen to this bonus ode and you think, man, I wish I could have this on a more regularly occurring uh, rotation, uh, we will be starting a Patreon soon-ish, and this will definitely be on the Patreon pretty regularly. So you can always, you know, subscribe to that and we'll get it to you. It's not out yet. We're not. Yeah. We'll announce once it's out. But well, this is going to be a Patreon thing, mostly. This, this episode well could come out after we have a Patreon, though. So if we already have a Patreon, wow, look at that. We made one way faster than we thought. So if there is a wow. Patreon and you subscribe to it, you rock. Like, thank you so if, much. If there's not a Patreon, well... <laughs> This is uh, information for you. Yeah. Now, Cordell asked me to explain what the plot pitch hour is, so I'll go ahead and do that. The plot pitch hour is basically, uh, I know Cordell and I will talk about this a lot, we're writers. Uh, we like writing quite a bit, both of us write different things, and part of that is that we find characters that we love and we think, 
oh boy, I wish I could do this, this, and this, and you know, I wish I could write this, which is kind of what the rest of the show is, but we never go in-depth, and this is our chance to go in-depth on our ideas. Now, I, I, Cordell, I know that you're kind of sold on the plot pitch hour. Yeah, that was I my do have an, I do have an alternate title to pitch to you, because I feel like this is a show Ooh. for pitching things. So oh, I want to yeah. pitch things, this is, something this right This is off our the shark tank. This is our shark tank. This is our shark tank. I'm uh, looking for uh, a crisp high five in exchange for this plot pit or for this uh, alternate title pitch. So next time we see each other, crisp high five. Okay. Uh, it is uh, the pitching hour, which is a pun on the witching hour, but with pitch in it. Well, you see, I liked your idea until you explained the joke. So. I'm out. Gone. Sorry, come Dang. in next time on the, the, the Shark Tank 2, where Caleb will try Electric another title. Boogaloo. Yeah, if you, for real though, uh, we're not sold on either title. I think both are fun. So if you people have a preference, let us know. And whichever side is more vocal will win, unless we decide they won't. Yeah. It's fun how we get to arbitrarily yeah. make all these decisions. Aren't all decisions arbitrary? Depends on who you are. Arbitrary only makes arbitrary choices. Arbitrary. Another fun character. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, yeah. I like arbitrary. Okay, cool. Um, But like Caleb said, we're both writers and we love, love superheroes. We love talking about them. But like, I think we both would love if we got to write superhero stories at some point. So this is us like, Having fun, working on our creative chops, and maybe even getting a job. Wink, wink, wink to any uh, comic book people out there who may hear about this. We would work. And you know what? We'd work for pretty dang cheap, too, I think. I think in comparison to other comic book writers, I would be seeking about average or just below average. Yeah, like we're not we're not going to drive a hard bargain here unless we strike it really big. So really, you want to get on the ground floor of this. Hear our pitches subscribe like listen regularly and then hire us because dang it we've got ideas man yeah um yeah so the way the way the plot pitch hour slash the pitching hour will work is caleb and i have both prepared a pitch for this episode neither of us knows quite what the other one is bringing to the table and so we are both going to give a quick little elevator style pitch of our idea and then we will decide on the spot who should present and then whoever we pick, they'll present, and after that idea is out there, we're going to analyze it at where it stands, and we're going to brainstorm on what we could do with it, and overall just have a kind of experimental uh, think tank kind of approach. Like, we really don't know what this is going to yield because we, we've never done it. So thank you for coming on this experiment, and if you like it, we'll get back to you about numbers on Patreon. We've got ideas. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first for the elevator pitch and pick? I'll do it. Okay. So, my pitch comes, it, it is a result of the Avengers Initiative comic line. Um, it was a comic line that took place right in the aftermath of the Civil War, and a whole slew of new and sometimes interesting heroes were introduced, and they were all sent to this place called Camp Hammond to be trained and placed in one of the 50 state-specific superhero teams sponsored by S.H.I.E.L.D. Things go horribly wrong quickly, resulting in the death of a trainee and the expulsion of a girl named Violet, whose hero name was Armory, because she accidentally killed him. 
And then it was immediately covered up and Violet was like sent to the shady hospital and forced to keep quiet. And her character has never made another appearance ever. Until now. Violet's powers came from an alien weapon called the Tactagon that bonded with her arm. And when she was kicked out of the program, it was forcibly removed from her arm at the command of the man running it, Henry Gyrick, who just sucks. Um, and the Tacticon changed hands several times before eventually ending up in the possession of Tony Stark, who was like, this is too dangerous, y'all are idiots, I'm taking it away from the initiative. And here's my pitch. After all of this happens, after being shoved to the side and forced to keep quiet for years, Violet wants the Tacticon back. And she's going to need some help of a few estranged friends. Her goals, steal the Tacticon from Tony Stark, kill Henry Gyrick, and take back her life. Welcome to Armory Reloaded. Okay. I dig... Okay, I kind of dig this. Okay. Oh, oh, real quick touch that I totally forgot. Um, Henry Gyrick, who sucks, has made a lot of mistakes, and the reason Violet starts down this path is because he has started sending assassins to kill anyone who uh, was a result of his mistake to cover his tracks. Okay. So she's not just, like, a murderous person going after him. Like, he he started it. Gotcha. Okay. Huh. Okay. Yeah, now, Caleb, let me hear your... Or do you want to give me thoughts and then go? Or do you want to go? I, I, I think I just have two thoughts and then I'll go. Okay. Number one, 50 state-specific Avengers teams. Imagine the Mississippi Avengers. That's all I'm going to say. That just, I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about what the Mississippi Avengers would look like. There's there's a way to find it somewhere, but I'm not going to take the time now to look for it. We will talk about the initiative eventually, but like a lot. Yes. Yeah, a lot. Okay, second thought. This sounds like a really good idea. That's all I'm going to say. Now... You hesitated. It, no, it sounds like a good idea. I really like it. It, it like it sounds like it'd be fun. Thanks. Uh, I'm about to switch the pace a little bit with my idea, but this is uh inspired by uh research for an episode that we've already recorded. Um, about a character that if you've listened through our episodes, you will know about uh about Barry Hoskins aka exceptional who has the unfortunate power of exploding once uh, i love this dude now here is my thought because not much is known about barry hoskins family bailey yes bailey hoskins uh, my blood sugar was low earlier my brain is not together <laughs> bailey hoskins um but not much is known about bailey hoskins family so here is my idea this power of exploding once is generational. It skips a generation each time, though. So his granddad had it. His great great granddad had it. So on and so forth. I feel like this is like in my rendition of this, it's a very old power, uh, and it goes back years and years and years and years. Like some of the first mutants were from this line of people. Now Bailey in the comics is played up more as a joke. Cordell, I want you, Cordell and listeners, for a second, I want you to imagine that you knew you had the ability to blow up at any point and potentially stop 
whatever bad thing is happening at the time. But the anxiety of not knowing is now the right time or is something worse going to come along that I could have stopped then? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to blow your load too early there. So I present The Many Lives of the Hoskins Family, an anthology of people that could only explode once. Some of the idea, or I'm not going to spill some of the ideas I have so far. That is the elevator pitch. Okay, okay. I really like that. Um, I guess now we have to decide what we're doing this episode. Yeah, I guess we do. Okay, so, Caleb, gut instinct, which way do you think we should go? Oh, also, listeners, we already decided before we ever did this that whatever we don't pick will just be the next plot pitch hour slash pitching hour. So, like, you're not going to miss out. There's no hurt feeling. Yeah, no, like, neither of us will get upset. This is just what we're doing right now. The next episode will just be the next one. So, like, we'll be okay. I think gut is instincts. Hmm. I really don't know. I uh, here you go. Let me. Uh... Yeah, my gut is silent too. So let's let's make a list here because our guts aren't listening. Pros and cons of both. Pros I think of Bailey and the many live the many lives of the Hoskins family is it's fun and original and creative and very unique. Cons I don't know how much you have to discuss right now yeah and also like the amount of the amount of variety and variation might take time to figure out which would be also a cool thing to do here so i don't know no i i I kind of agree with that i do have like a decent bit to discuss for it like i I don't know i I think okay pros and cons of yours yeah uh pros it it seems like fun and it seems like there's a lot to discuss cons i feel like it would be very easy to fall on heist tropes big fair big fair and i i feel like that's something that neither of us particularly like like uh, hate you know good follow tropes are there for a reason and sometimes they're good to use but i'm not sure that's something we want to do okay let me let me spin it to you this way a little bit it is equal parts at different times a fugitive story of people on the run from assassins, a heist, and a free-for-all at different times. It is also, like, strongly character-driven, too, because it is about the people in the Marvel Universe who get shoved to the side the most, the ones that get forgotten and left and abandoned. So, like, yeah, it will have a heist moment slash element, but I'm imagining it more of a, like, fugitives on the run who then are seeking to turn the tide in their favor. Uh, no, I, I, I definitely pick that up. I think here's the, like, me selling why we should do the many lives of the Hoskins family. Yeah, hit me. Um, okay. Even though it is, in my mind, a little bit primarily about the anxiety and the paranoia and pressure of not knowing when is the right time to deploy your one-time power, it also gives us elements of alternate history to discuss. Mm. Like, do we want to stick with the history of the world? Because, like, like X-Men history pretty closely follows what happens on Earth. Like, there's some deviation, but for the most part, it's similar. You, you could also, though, drop it into an like an alternate universe in Marvel and do whatever you want with the history too. Right. Yeah. 
And that that's kind of like I would definitely have to spin it into a like be like, oh, this is another alternate universe that Marvel has that they haven't discovered or they haven't talked about yet. But it's uh, that that's kind of my thing is like it it kind of we get to discuss like, oh, well, where where would his granddad be in a place where he could make a big change and it's going to, you know, a lot's going to happen, but he doesn't know if it's the right time, like that kind of stuff. And like, honestly, like being able to play with, I think for this is a pro for both of us being able to play with inbuilt Marvel stuff, because if we play with Marvel, we have access to the Kree. We have access to the, to the scroll. We have access to a lot of different things that could make either of our sides very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Also, my my major concern, if I'm being honest, about the Hoskins family one is about variety. How do you tell the same story essentially with different stand with different characters? How can you keep that exciting and fresh? And how many of those lives are you going to go through? And how in depth? Like those are the kind of questions coming to mind that makes me wonder about it. But that could also just be the fun thing to talk about here. Yeah. I don't really know which way I'm leaning. Both of ours sound really neat and cool. Yeah. You this wanna, is hard. You want to flip a coin? I think that might be the only real way to do it. Uh, in true fashion, I don't have a coin on me. I do have a D6. Okay. Uh, you're one through three. I'm four through six. Roll that bad boy. All right. Also, listeners, right. I'm sorry if you hear purring. That's my cat who's decided he's a part of the show. All right. I'm rolling the die right here that is a four we are going with your idea buckle up folks it's time for armory reloaded and we and will I'm do the up. many lives of the hoskins clan or family or whatever it was we will do that next time what is it hoskins family or clan it is the hoskins family and really quick just to give like a brief thing of how i was thinking about it yeah i do uh, want to hear it's it. like less than a minute is like six issues with each of them ending on like basically the moment before they have to make the decision of do I explode or do I not? And then the end of the last issue being all six of them making that decision at the same time. Oh, dang, that's cool. That's really cool. Okay, so the way we've decided to lay out these pitches now that we are into the like, one's been decided and we're about to go through it. The way it's going to be laid out, I'm going to give you the background info. I'm going to give you relevant characters and enough information about them to get why they're in the story. And then I'm going to give you just my story beats and ideas I have. Kind of a rough, rough, rough concept of an outline. And then after that, I will hit why this story. Why is this a story I've decided to tell? What are the reasons I want to tell it? And then Caleb will give first impressions. We will together analyze it, and then we'll brainstorm a little bit. And hopefully, yep. that'll be a clean hour of content for you lovely, lovely people. Okay, so, some background info. Mine isn't super setting-specific, because, I mean, the Marvel comics are just kind of on Earth, in this story, at least. Um, the main character of it, though, is Violet Lightner, which, now that I say that name out loud, what a what an uncreative name. I don't... Uh, okay, Violet like Lightner. Listen, I know I like the name though. That doesn't I, change no, what I it's feel a, it's about a, it. It's a great superhero name, like for a character in a comic. But like, as far as a writer goes, like someone was having a lazy day and knew this girl was getting written out. 
I'm sorry. We have names like Peter Parker, which is the most basic white boy name ever. But 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 Peter Parker is one thing. Those are those are names. Her name is Violet Light with a few more letters. <laughs> so we got to get that out there. That's that's right. what I'm saying here. All right. But Violet, let me give you a little bit of background on her since she's the main character of this story. Um, she was raised in a foster home infested with spiders and uh, left her emotionally scarred and arachnophobic. And then she was suicidal in her teen years and she actually jumped from the Golden Gate Bridge trying to kill herself. But wow! as she jumped, she just felt empty and apparently something about her feeling empty reacted with the tactagon, which was in the water, like it had been abandoned and forgotten in the water, and it reacted and flew up and bonded with her and saved her life. And then she had a super, super powerful alien weapon uh, on her arm. So she became a vigilante, naturally, because she was like, oh, I've got something I can do here. I can make the world better. She went out and did it. And then uh, the initiative became interested in her. And the, the thing about the Tactagon, the Tactagon is actually really, really cool. It can shape itself into whatever weapon it needs to be and can fire incredibly powerful energy blasts. Like, it, it is classified as an Omega-level threat. Oh. Like, it is an Omega-level weapon. And it seems to have some level of, like, intelligence to it because it adapts to enemies' weaknesses and exploits them. So, like, it can be sonic blasts, it can be lasers, it can be big, like, it can be almost any weapon imaginable. It can be that. So it is just incredibly powerful. Violet didn't even need to be a very good trained fighter to use it. But she became vigilante, went into the initiative, and then there's, okay, so the the main group that was, she was brought in with, there was her, Trauma, MVP, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah MVP, then there's my girl Cloud9, which I'm certain by the time you're hearing this, you know about my love for Cloud9. Thing There's is, a lot of it. Love Cloud9. While they're training, Trauma turns into a giant spider, which freaks Violet out, and she shoots at it, misses, and the blast is about to hit Cloud9 when MVP pushes her out of the way and gets killed. So they're like, well, um... We're going to get that away from you. And she washes out very fast. It's removed from her arm and she's sent away. And uh, Henry Gyrick tells the other, tells Trauma and Cloud9, hey, this never happened. Got it? And they're like, yes, sir. And then Violet gets sent to the Burke Wellness Center where she is monitored by a woman named Dr. Burke, who through unknown means, made sure that she kept her time in the initiative a secret and never told anyone what happened. And that is the last you hear from Violet. So she's presumably just being forced to be silent somewhere this whole time. You need to know about Henry Gyrick, who long sordid history. He's a sucky dude who works for the government and ends up routinely getting connected to government-related superhero groups, even villains sometimes. And he just sucks, and he hates superheroes, and he's a bad dude, and he routinely messes everything up. That's, he sucks. He's the worst. Then you have Cloud9, and then you have, so Michael Van Patrick died. MVP died, but a man named Werner von Blitzschlag, who is a uh, Hydra scientist, who is working for the initiative, um, is like, his genes are so perfect, I can't let this opportunity go to waste. So he clones him four times, five times. 
One of the clones is sent to MVP's family to resume his life. Hmm. So there's the Hydra scientist, and then two of the other clones died at various points. So there's only Patrick left, and then the clone that was sent to go live at home with his family. Those are the only two left. They're relevant. Dr. Burke, the woman who uh, is a very sketchy medical practitioner, and then the Tactagon. And I think maybe Trauma could be interesting to have in there as a character, but I don't know much about what else has been going on with Trauma, and I don't know that it's super worth it, but I think if this is a kind of like deep dive into everything that happened, it would be prudent to bring Trauma in. Um, so yeah, those that's a lot. But those are all the characters that I think would be immediately relevant. And there's obviously, like, Iron Man. Like, you all know Tony Stark. He's the Iron Man. Incredibly rich, incredibly powerful. Caleb, do you need to stop me yet? Like, you good? You got, you know it's, you're following? Yeah, I'm following. I kind of glazed over there for a second, not gonna lie. But I knew most of these characters already, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping the listeners didn't glaze. If you did, let us know. We will work on this. So here's my idea for the rough story. Henry Gyrick a horrible man with a horrible life, is really getting nervous and antsy about how many loose ends there are that are connected to the things he's been involved with. And so he decides to hire a series of assassins to go take care of any loose ends out there in various ways that look accidental so that they're not traced back to him. But that way his stuff can't get out. Violet is clearly one of those loose ends. Um, and she's just trying to live her life post-powers for years at this point. So the an assassin would come after her. She would narrowly escape and flee and go to the first person she can think of who happens to be Cloud Nine, whose civilian name for all of you is Abigail Boiling. She goes to Abby and she's like, listen, I need your help. I know I haven't seen you since I killed the guy you liked. She had a crush on MVP. It's like, I know I haven't seen you since I killed that dude, uh, but they're trying to kill me. And so the two of them get sent off. And my idea for the first part of this is they're on the run as they try to find the other original group who was there when the accident happened and anyone connected. So they need to find the two remaining clones and they need to find trauma. And they are trying to escape and save these people before before they get got. And so the first part is very much like, a couple issues, I don't want it to be super long, but it's a couple issues of them kind of going around and collecting these characters and saving them and running from increasingly powerful and deadly assassins. Then it would shift gears once they're all safe. Oh, and they'd probably meet up with the Hydra dude uh, because I've got a fun idea for the clone. Because the Hydra dude also has like electricity powers, but he's so old that they're not super relevant. But he also spliced some of his DNA into Patrick, who's one of the remaining clones. And I think it would be neat if at some point in the story, this dude's electricity abilities awoke, awakened, and he could gain those powers and kind of give him a new spin other than being, hi, I'm bland and strong, but not super strong, just strong. I think it'd be a new fun spin on the character. And then I imagine I'd kill one of the clones, probably the other one. It just, just one to add some stakes. But two, because I really don't like the use of clones, and I think it's it, it leads to some very lazy writing, and I mean, Spider-Man Clone Island. Like, clones don't do a ton of good in my mind, and so I would like to clean some of that up while adding stakes. So I'd probably kill the other clone, they'd be on the run, and then after they collected them and met up with the Nazi, probably, I might kill him too. I don't like having a Nazi hanging around. 
But they all get together and then it shifts and they're like, we can't just keep running, but none of us are strong enough. And Violet's like, guys, Stark has the Tactagon. If we can get to that, we have a fighting chance against all these assassins. So they, out of desperation, have to now break into the Stark Tower. And that's an issue or two, a little bit heisty, where they're trying to get in, find it, steal it. And then they, I, I want them to fight Iron Man as like, like... In my mind, they've been a disbanded, like, they're a disparate group. They're not super great together, like, they're all estranged, like, she killed them, like, trauma's probably there, and trauma's probably, like, feeling guilty, like, there's all this guilt and weirdness and strangeness going on in the group, and I feel like the Iron Man fight could really bring them together, of, like, they actually work together, actually overcome, and they don't, like, stomp Iron Man, like, they barely escape, they don't win, but they get out. That kind of thing would be pretty neat, I think. And then they would escape. And then from there, the story would turn of them deciding to go on the offensive and get evidence against what Henry Garrick is doing while also putting a stop to him. And that's kind of my my path for the story. All the while hitting good emotional beats about, like, all they've been through. Hmm. Okay. Now that I think about it, do you want to do first impressions here and then move on to why this story or do why this story first and then first impressions? I uh, I think let's do first impressions and then why this story. Yeah, cool. Because that's a lot to dump. Okay, so first impressions. Um, it, It's a lot. Yeah, I've thought about this one it, for a long time. It, uh, and like it's good uh now i and like i i think it's good that like there is a lot but also like i i think this is one of those stories where um like one, one of the things i imagine with like any uh comic book idea that i come across or that i read is can a reader that has never heard of this character before pick it up and understand what's going on page one and there's so much background knowledge needed that it kind of feels a bit, it feels a bit like, like it almost feels like trying to read a sequel without reading the first book. Like if you were trying to read this story without knowing the history of the Avengers Initiative and all of that. Gotcha. I Which like isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm not yeah. saying like, this is bad, you shouldn't do it. I'm saying like, that is something to keep in mind about the story. Yeah. More than anything, especially because, like, like you're you're not writing about, like... I mean, you are, but you're also not. You're not writing about, like, big-name heroes who everyone knows. Like, if this was an Iron Man heist story where someone stole the suit and he's got to go get it, now that I think about that, that's Iron Man 3. Yeah, that's Iron Man 3. But, like, that that's the kind of the thing that... I, I, that that was one of my first impressions was like even giving the background story on some of the characters i was sitting here thinking like dang there's a lot of information needed to set up the story which yet again is not a bad is not a bad thing it is just a thing to keep in mind as we're talking about it moving forward yeah um my other first impressions uh it kind of feels like a blending of like three different genres because you have the element of the heist, you have the element of, like, the, like one of my frames of reference is the movie The Big Chill, which is about a group of high school friends that haven't, or group of college friends that haven't seen each other since college getting back together. And you kind of have that element feeling, and they get together at a friend's funeral. That is a specific okay, plot point. Okay. 
you kind of have that genre of like getting back together, but it's awkward and no one knows what's going on. And you also have what I'm imagining is like six-year-old Cordell's fantasy of a comic book line that he wants to write. And like, I, I think if I was going to break this down into number of issues needed, it would be like, I would, I would personally do this in like a 30 issue run. I could see that like issue a week so you're looking at a little bit over six to seven months of a run yeah yeah okay so that's just something to keep in mind is that like i know going into this you kind of were thinking like ah this is a very like short run this is a little bit of what i would call like a mid run it is not short because to me short it like okay here's how i break down comic book runs 12 issues or shorter is a short limited run yeah anything from 12 to a and this is where the the gaps get bigger 12 to like 40 is a mid run where it's like okay this is long enough that i you know i'm gonna try and keep up with this but i'm also probably just gonna buy the graphic novel later anything past 40 is just a full run okay uh so i i think this is a bigger story than you were thinking initially because even excluding background info, there is a lot of details that I, I feel like to make the story good, there are some details and some emotional weight moments that need to be hit and need to be hit kind of hard. Yeah. And given the appropriate weight. Yeah. So before we go on to like more analysis and more brainstorming, because this will also help me with my analysis and brainstorming, why is this a story you want to tell? Okay. Yeah. So... To me personally, there are, there are a couple of reasons that matter to me that I want to tell the story of. One, I think the Avengers Initiative storyline to me had so much potential and so much it offered that, in my opinion, was immediately wasted in almost all regards, uh, which I, I would agree. I think that Marvel and DC both have a long-standing problem of having really cool concepts but no follow-up because of the lack of continuity and the lack of creative oversight. Like, any cool idea gets shuffled around so much and can immediately be redone and undone. Like, to me, Avengers Initiative is one of those stories where they introduced a lot of cool stuff and cool characters, but they all immediately fell victim to the pitfalls of... You introduced a line of small characters and none of them matter anymore because they were all small characters and you really only play with the big ones and throw the small ones in here and there. Like it fell victim to so many of those issues. And to me, I see so many characters that could have been compelling and fascinating and diverse and unique who were all thrown to the side. And the reason Violet specifically is because she is the like, she is like the perfect example of that of like character written given a cool background and then immediately shoved to the side to do something else that in my opinion wasn't as wasn't as cool wasn't as good so like it's a little bit of personal mission of saying look at all these characters you threw away you can do compelling fascinating stuff with them and i would like to show you how you can take characters that aren't given very much weight and make them awesome and make them matter and make their stories important because that is one of my biggest issues i find is like you introduce characters all the time who then do not matter and then are not important so why should i care about them yeah 
Okay, I definitely see uh, see what you're getting at, and I I, I agree with you uh, that Marvel and DC both are pretty bad about creating characters only to toss them to the side. You know, at at the fastest, maybe even half an issue later. Yeah, half a book. Um, like most of these characters didn't get to the end of the initiative storyline, right? Before yeah. getting thrown aside for more relevant more prevalent characters to come in and take over like the initiative was taken over by norman osborne at one point yeah yeah i yeah i definitely see what you're getting at there Um, was a thor clone living underneath the initiative and he went berserk at one point yeah that kind of thing where i'm like you had an awesome idea that you really really muddied like you you really really i think fumbled it when you could have had a story that actually cared about these these young people being trained to be heroes that's a fascinating story all being brought to a camp all the tension all the energy all the fear all the anxiety all the training like that's a self-contained story right there that they did not let even grow very much yeah uh i i definitely see what you're getting at like uh yes i mean do you want to dive in and start analyzing your own work uh yeah do you want me to first respond to your first impressions and give like that would yeah, I kind of want to I kind of want to hear your responses. Okay. Uh they're all very true. Um <laughs> yeah, like I kind of hate... I tried to be I tried to be fair cuz I knew some of them would come across as kind of like tough and harsh, but Yeah, like but thankfully you and I have talked about stuff enough that I know you're not just being harsh. Um Yeah, yeah. So listeners Caleb's not just being harsh, I promise. But I also don't like whenever people get critique and then immediately go, well, no, that's not true. So I want to start. That's all true. You're right. Everything you've said, that's accurate. Here are my yes ands slash occasional rebuttal. The yes and mm-hmm. to uh, feeling too sequely and like there's a lot of background you got to know. That's true. I would like to incorporate the relevant information into the line. Okay. I don't want uh, I, I don't I, want to leave the readers hanging like they will yeah. learn through dialogue and flashbacks what they need to know to follow the story. Yeah, I, I think that's why my later statement was this is going to be a longer run, which was because yeah. I figured you had that in mind. Yeah, like uh, I I don't want it to just be like, well, I need to read four comic lines now. Like no, I, you would be able in my if I did it well, you would be able to pick it up and learn what was necessary about these characters to follow their story. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, which also ties into the 30 issue run. You're definitely right. I, I'm bad at estimating numbers of things. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's probably better off as a 30 issue run because that gives time to do weight. I don't know where I was thinking with like, Ooh, yeah. 10 issues. No, that'd be rushed and messy. Plus how long is an issue? I don't know. Yeah. So you're right on both accounts uh, there. An issue, like on average issues, you're looking at like maybe the same width as a children's book at max. So like twenty pages. Yeah, 25. yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna need like thirty of those. That's fair. And then the genre blending comment you had is true, but I think what well, one some of my favorite stories blend genres together. But two, I would try to yeah. keep enough of a through line of the fugitive story. That you never feel like you've truly changed gears. Because in my mind, they're on the run and they're still on the run. And when they go to steal from Stark, they are on the run. Like, 
it is it is not a like okay cool now we have all the heist plans it is it is a half baked half cocked heist where they are on the run from security on the run from stark himself like it is them in desperation doing the theft and then like it is run 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 until the moment where they say i'm done running so i would try to keep that through line the whole time ideally God, and like and like me me saying it felt genre blending was in no way like a critique. It, yeah. Like I like genre blending is good and uh, is good when it's done well and uh has made some of the greatest stories ever. So like that is there is no way me no way am I saying like well it's genre blending Cordell and you really should just stick to one thing. Like no, that's not yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of. My thoughts on your first impressions there. Okay. Um. So yeah, hit me up. Okay. Hit me up with some analysis. So, just just going through this. Um, I think this is. I I think this story is extremely well thought out already. Like I I think this is something you have put a lot of thought into. So I personally don't know what all I can really bring to the table with this. Like I definitely have a few ideas, but. I don't have a ton, but here's what I'm going to say. Uh, I think telling a fugitive story is really cool, but we've talked about this before um, with our ideas for our own comic book lines. I think if you're going to tell a fugitive story, one thing you need to go out is to find a way to speak with uh speak with refugees speak with uh like go into prisons and talk with com like talk with people who are being held in a place where they don't want to be basically because inherently trying to tell a story from a perspective that you don't have can go really bad if you do not endeavor to dive into that perspective and talk with people that have that perspective so that that is something like analysis wise i would try and keep that in mind if you ever did get the chance to pursue this uh and write this out which i really hope you do i think this is a really dope idea um plus I, it's I it's using it's... characters that are uh, that are not used at all basically so i feel like i feel like there's a lot yeah. of freedom there with these characters to do that oh yeah i i definitely think there is because it's kind of like uh the latest Avengers video game used Kamala Khan. Yeah, and she's awesome. No one knew no one knew who Kamala Khan was before that game really. Like she was not the household name for Miss Marvel. Yeah. No. I love her character and though. She's brilliant. And so that's like something I I I think that's something that I think it would be good to like look into if you wanted to pursue that line. Yeah, yeah. Um do you have any more like quick analysis before I dive into the brainstorming? Uh, no, I think we're good to go ahead and go into brainstorming. Okay, so like like you said, I think I've already got a fair amount of the idea present. I do have some like, I mean, one I think the most fun that can be had here is who are the assassins? That okay, that is something I actually really wanted to talk about with you during the brainstorming. Yeah, um, I that's my biggest question mark is I don't know who these assassins would be, but they've got to be very menacing, right? And low enough profile can, that it's not I, drawing attention. Can I pitch an idea to you? <laughs> yeah, that's the whole that's the whole episode. They are botched clones of MVP. <laughs> oh dang, they tried to make more. Well, I, here's what I'm thinking because like I Okay, I prescribe to there's a uh 
there there's like some really cool ideas out there on cloning and one of the like cloning in fiction uh ideas that i really love is that it is nearly impossible to create a perfect clone so if there are five clones that are essentially perfect clones think about how many mistakes there were oh and also something that we're both familiar with uh i'm assuming you finished it full metal alchemist brotherhood i i'm not finished with it but i've seen the original series but i think i know what you're getting at because they talk about that sort of thing a fair amount anyway yeah, so, like, that kind of idea, but, like, I'm trying to think of other things that do it. But basically, like, having a very strong, and I think what could be, what could be the problem is the mental faculties. So you have, like, super strong, super fast, all of these things that are perfect cannot make decisions for themselves. Interesting. So when they are told, go hunt down these people, they do it. Okay, yeah. Um, here's here's another fun idea to spin with it, too. Uh, yeah. If this is Gyrick sending them out, his most recent stint in the comics was as the new commander of Alpha Flight, and his reach extended to Gamma Flight, which deals with Gamma Mutates. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think like, that would be cool. Take, take botched clones, mix them with Gamma Radiation, and send them out to kill these people. But here's the issue with I, that. I think... Yeah. My my concern with that is if these if these clones are um not fully like facilitated mentally, if the point of this is to quietly kill all these people, doesn't that defeat the purpose? Or is the idea then to pin it on someone else in an outlandish comic book style? I think I think you've gotta lean into the comic bookiness of it and pin it on someone else. Yeah, I I, I can see that because because then because okay one of my favorite things in comic books and one of the very few things i like in comic books is background details most notorious one of my favorite things in journey into mystery issue two or three which is written by uh, a group i really love the mcelroy brothers the mcelroy family they are reading the mcelroy brothers books <laughs> so like that kind of detail where you can have they're running through New York City, because we know that exists in Marvel, on their way to, you know, scope out Stark Tower for the heist a little bit, get a rough scope, and you see on newspapers in the background, like, who is killing these people, like, mysterious murders throughout the United States. Like, you see these things, and it's just like, we don't know who's doing this, but we know someone is doing this. Yeah, okay, I can see that, because I I very much wanted to lean into, like, the Winter Soldier-esque, like, super secret, like, because this dude has a lot of abilities and, like, he has a lot of assets and a lot of connections. So I was like, if he sends high-level assassins, then it's, you You have two types of tension. You can have nearly unstoppable gamma mutates tension, or you can have nearly unstoppable secret assassin tension and they're both very different and so like and i think it'll take the story in two different directions depending on which like if you do the mutate thing then it's a very big public event that is clearly pinned on someone else maybe like the ufos or something but if it's if it's the other way around then it's 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 a lot trickier to write and also like it does beg the question why don't they just go public with it yeah so yeah it it might just have to be the mutates and that is way more comic booky and i feel like yeah i feel like if you get the chance to just be comic booky sometimes you should let it happen take it 
take it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So that was the only like big brainstorming thing I really wanted to talk about was like deciding what these assassins are. Yeah, I I really like that idea though. I think that is super cool because I was like, ooh, super sneaky and quiet, perfect assassins. But like, I don't I don't know how Violet would have escaped one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, and I I think making it to where it's just like gamma mutates that like. like they don't like if violet is trying to escape they're gonna escape and i think that's why like one thing to think about is what is the setting in which the murders are happening Mm -hmm. because you can't escape as easily if you're asleep so if the murders are happening when these people are asleep that erases your whole like well why didn't more people escape yeah yeah there we go and then also the gamma mutates can sneak in and kill but like if things go wrong they can uh hulk out and interesting and plus like the botched clone experience let's just get some really creepy stuff in there of like like what deformities do they have like are they missing are they missing like ears are they missing mouths are they like are they like malformed as they're doing this because that adds a whole new element of like well and i think okay here's my pitch to you for that okay have the like some of the physical malformities and leading into some of the mental as well is like senses are gone yeah so if you put a team together let's say one of them doesn't have sight at all but they have really good smell the other one doesn't have smell or taste but they have really good sight you now have a like three or four team that together have super senses yeah yeah and like they can communicate together but you that that i like that there's a lot to play around yeah. with. Plus, like, the clones themselves, I'm including two of the successful clones in the story. And even if only one of them survives, that lets me toy with their issues. Uh, Abigail, like, Cloud9, had a relationship with this dude, which means she's now, uh, once again, having to watch several versions of him come after her. And Violet killed the original, like, everyone involved in the main story has an emotional yeah. reason to not like to keep seeing this face. Exactly. I think, I personally think that might be a good place to push towards the end. Yeah, I can see that because like, I think the rest of it, you've pretty much gotten around and we kind of figured out the, one of the things that was missing, it leads to a lot more drama. It leads to a lot more emotional plot points it leads to a lot more yeah and like you said this idea came formed enough that yeah the brainstorming was really like i have this big question mark and i think we filled that question mark beautifully and this is why i like writing with people yeah so as we're moving to wrap up we don't have listener mail to do as always if you have stuff to say if we get stuff wrong if you have information if you have ideas suggestions critiques email us i will say though because this is a bonus episode, we're only doing this one because we're dropping it into the feed. But if you like this kind of thing and want more of this kind of thing, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, which is why it's a bonus episode, because like, I'm sure some of you were bored out of your mind. Some of you may have loved every minute. And like, we want to make sure that we are making as broadly enjoyable content. So if you really like this and want to hear more when information about Patreon comes out, if it's already out or if it's coming, let us know and like donate because we love what we're doing and we would love to do a lot more, but we we won't be able to do it on top of other things. Yeah. We will need some financial help to keep doing that. 
So, yeah, if you loved this... If, if you think about it this way, if you and if you just like the show in general and want to see it get better, donations help us buy better equipment, help us get to where we can maybe at some point take a little bit more time to put more research into this all, all that kind of stuff we uh you know yeah we will continue to do this show no matter what yeah we love this but yeah we love it donations might help in the future though yeah uh yeah all that to say like we we obviously most of the time aren't going to talk too much about donations but this is a bonus episode which is directly related to donations if you liked this and if you want to see this continue then help us get patreon going or if we have patreon going by this point start donating like any amount helps and the more that people give the more we will be able to give back and that's ultimately what the patreon is about it's not about ooh, give us money it is about the more resources we are given the more we are able to pour into this and make it the best it can be so yeah there won't be listener mail on uh, donor episodes because it won't be main feed all that to say but since this one is main yep. feed here's our socials you can email us at justsuper616 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at justsuper616. You can follow Caleb Burley, the one whose story didn't get picked, ha <laughs> ha, at awkward from 1997. <laughs> and you can follow Cordell, the one whose story totally got picked because he's a he's a good guy and awesome and just just better than Caleb. That's what we decided. You can follow oh me at Cordelicious. <laughs> Also, I did uh, so much talking this episode. You did. Uh, you did. And it's okay. I still love you. Uh, you can also go to our website. Uh, th- it's a great way to link it to other people. Uh, send this out. Uh, we are at anchor.fm slash just super. That'll be up on the Twitter. Uh, if you send that link to people, uh, it has links to every platform that we're on. So they can instantly just click on the platform they want to listen on and go from there. Now for the part that I need to write down still, but I still don't, and I recite it every week. Thank you to the one and only Luke Wells for editing our podcast. The show is produced by us speaking into microphones. Thank you to the one and only the incomparable Haley Northington for the art that is done for our podcast. Uh, and that's it. We still haven't decided how to end the show. I have two thoughts before we end. Okay. One. Wow, we have a website. That's the first time you've mentioned this on the air. This is so exciting. Even this comes out way months down the road. Like, this is my excitement right now. I'm going to be playing it real cool the first time you hear it about it. But, like, here's my actual reaction. Wow. Um, <laughs> second, I think I'll actually edit this episode. Like, Luke is teaching me how. At, like, tomorrow, while we're recording this, it'll be tomorrow when I learn. So, like, one, thank you, Luke, for teaching me. But, two, like, I, I may actually be the one to edit this. Like... Wow. So, yeah, by that then, point, that then, might be then, a new thing. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we might change that up a little bit. Woo-hoo. But now, the part of the show that I still really love, how are we ending this episode? Give us money. That, you know what? That Why don't we just say bye like normal people? Bye, give us money. Bye. You don't have to if you're not financially yeah, able to. Yeah, if like, you're financially able to and you feel able to, then do it, please. Bye. Yeah, totally. Give, give us so much money if you can. Bye.